Hello, welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Mansa, daughter of Persephone. This week we're discussing chapters 23 through 28 of The Dark Prophecy. Last recording that came out at this time, so it was about two episodes ago when we were talking about Emmy's backstory, mm-hmm. I kind of got lost in the plot of how you create a mob. <laughs> I think that was being couple- just more involved in the plot, actually. That was called critical reading. Too. Close, <laughs> a bit a close too involved. <laughs> we found a couple wiki hows. Some of them were a bit problematic, but Aaron basically posted about the mob applications and stuff like that on Instagram and I made a Google form application which we have 58 responses to as this moment maybe I'll put it in the episode description link because we're still you know it's a rolling rolling acceptance (laughs) yes so I'm I'm trying to decide at what point do we um share results because the the truth of all of this is y'all are much funnier than we are and it's just a delight also, what we found is anyone will do anything for a buffet or some snacks. Okay. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. That tracks with humanity, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do like that so many people have weapons, too. Yes. So 75.9% have their own pitchfork or something similar, so you don't have to provide a weapon. That's so great. It's great news. <laughs> This is very lucky for us because that'll save us a bunch of money. Interestingly enough, uh, some of you revealed some things to us. <laughs> some backstory and some secrets of my previous mob experience that I really wish some of you had elaborated on what seems like insane backstories mm-hmm. on your mob experience. But I'm so glad that you, you know, chose to share. We're so blessed. With such, I'm so um, blessed. Versatile, versatile mobbers, mob peoples. What are we going to call also, them? <laughs> campers? <laughs> Camp half mob. That's the name. There they are. The mob's called. Camp the mob is about us, mob. actually. It's just whatever <laughs> we want. <laughs> so, one of my questions was what is the most mundane reason or topic you would join a mob for? Um, one of my favorite responses is I'm full of unexpressed rage. Mm-hmm. I don't need a reason. That's good. Yeah. Need something to do on the weekends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The drama. Ooh, there'll be lots of drama planned weekend mm-hmm. activities. Yes. Um, there's a lot of people who are going just because they heard other people are coming too. You know, oh, I get that's it. That's so fun. Mom yeah. mentality. Strong vibe would suffice. I also love a well-flowing chant. I don't even have to know what we are mobbing about. Oh, fun. Okay. We'll have to get a good chant going. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Swift. A couple of Taylor mm. Swift. Just about Taylor Swift for Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, the Banishment of Shrek is one of them, which was a very... The Banishment? We're getting rid of Shrek now? Apparently. If I don't know there if I was a re- behind it. That's what they're saying. It's, no, if someone got rid of Shrek, they would Oh, mock. okay. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Revenge on my elementary school teachers and just oh. general spite. Oh, specific. I know. Tell us more about your trauma. <laughs> this one I really understand. Riot against doors when your belt loop gets stuck in them. 
Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Do you have a lot of rage for that? Yeah. And someone said, your mom, slay. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I not surprised? There's a bunch of great ones in here. I will try to post them um, on social media as I see them. Also, our mom is not super tall. We've got a lot of uh, shorter people, a lot of people in centimeters. Short kings. And centimeters. Excuse me, that's too British for me. I don't. (laughs) And some people are just like, oh, tall enough. (laughs) I'm like, that's great. Yeah. Good, good. Well, I'm so glad. I'm, yeah, we got some comments on a post being like, will the mob be international? And a moment where I was like, do the people think we're actually mobbing somewhere? Because we got to plan an event. (laughs) I know. Everyone thinks that, you know, other podcasters do, like, podcast tours and stuff. Yeah. We do mobs. We should do a mob tour. Yeah. You know, if we ever got, you know, famous enough, I'd I'd tour as a mob instead of a pod. (laughs) We have our merch is pitchforks. (laughs) (laughs) We just cause so much violence. We're actually banned in, like, most states. (laughs) Yeah. Cities don't want us. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome everyone to our mob. Thank We're you so for happy joining to have us. You here. Yes, of- all of you are accepted. Yes, yeah. Instead yeah. of listeners, we now have mob members. Yeah. That's right. Let's go. Let's go, team. <laughs> Speaking of mobs, Commodus kind of has a mob of people who like him. <laughs> I think those are blind followers, but yes, you know what? what At the end is. of the day, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we love it for us, not for Komodos, So No. Yeah. I do kind of I do kind of vibe with him a little bit though. I do too. We can discuss it more yes. as we go, but uh both of us really have enjoyed Komodos so far. Yeah. We so love a villain fact. with flair. Yes. He yeah. has style. So to summarize kind of what we're going to talk about is Apollo, Meg, and Leo are going to find some prisoners and they end up having an epic battle in Commodus' stadium. Such unhinged chapters out of mm. nowhere. The book's been like pretty steady and then suddenly it's just like, what is going on? But in the All at once. Way. Yes. Yeah. So chapters 23 through 25. Chapter 23. So amaze. Such name. <laughs> Sarah with five S's is still two syllables. <laughs> so amazed. Such, Such name. name. That is not a millennial name. thing. It is. It I is. did a thing. <laughs> I did the thing. Hashtag yeah. adulting. Ugh. Using Meg's magical chia seeds that can point them in the right direction, they continue sneaking down the corridors of the underground lair, which is like, you know, and linked to that sewer system. They're in those tunnels, but Apollo says it's surprisingly fancy. There's a bunch of signs and stuff for the rooms, and every single room is labeled like something to do with Commodus, which I think is really funny. He has uh, the Commodus sauna, the Commodus guest rooms. Uh, I like the Commodus commodes. That's pretty good. <laughs> so he is naming everything after himself, which I think is very funny. And he also has videos of himself all over the walls. <laughs> they 
end up, as they're going along, they run into a Blemier who's guarding a metal vault door. And I just needed to talk about this scene because it's literally Star Wars. Like, this was stolen from Star Wars. And I know Rick Rick definitely, like, that. this was on purpose. Um, where the Blemier is like, you guys aren't supposed to be here. And starts, like, calling into his earpiece and then starts saying something. And then Meg comes out and kills him. And then <laughs> Apollo picks up the device and is like, we're all good here. And then the other voice is like, what's the passcode? And then Apollo is like, well, it's... And then he smashes it, which is exactly oh, what yeah. Han Solo does when they're rescuing Leia and they're breaking out prisoners. Yeah, I was the classic like, scene. Yeah, and I was like, is Apollo Han Solo, but also Meg's Han Solo? <laughs> like, they both... they, t- they <laughs> Actually, the they're all Han Solo, yeah. Yeah, Leo would be a Han Solo, too. There's actually... That's yeah. why it goes so chaotically. <laughs> There's actually no other characters. <laughs> if you have five Han Solos in a room, nothing's gonna get done. <laughs> Everything gets blown up. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so Meg slashes, she kills the Blemier. Leo starts getting to work on opening the door. Obviously, people are going to come and get them because Apollo, like, smashed the earpiece, so it's a little questionable. Leo is able to get the door open, and inside there's a circular chamber lined with glass partitions like at a zoo, but instead of animals, the cages hold people. Terrifying. Super fun. Mm. And here Apollo um, decides to go on a little rant against slavery. He's like, don't worry, I'm anti-slavery. Like, that's, I'm so glad. Okay, the baseline. <laughs> yeah. But mm. he does mention, like, it's it feels a little, like, out of pocket in the context, but he does mention that the Oracle of Delphi, like, that uh, he used to, slaves in ancient Greece used to be brought to Delphi um, to, like be freed and that and he would become there and he says and then i the god apollo became their new master and then set them free which i don't think is what mm-hmm. happened but um i did see when looking it up apparently there's a wall on, at delphi inscribed with liberation contracts for slaves who were consecrated or sold to apollo so that part is true but i don't think that he uh, then proceeded to free them mm. But I thought that was an interesting random, like, history bit thrown in there. And I mean, Disney, I mean, it's not always the case, but in a lot of cases, slaves came from different parts of the world where mm-hmm. probably don't worship Greek gods. So mm-hmm. being sold to a Greek god and then being told you are now under the, like, ownership of a Greek god when you don't believe in Greek god is just kind of like okay, I, I, I'm just still under the ownership of you. It's yeah. just in ceremony. It's like being yeah. converted to Catholicism against your will. Yeah. I'd be interested yeah. to, like, read more about what that even meant. I just, I could only find, like, a paragraph on, on Wikipedia, my reliable source about it. <laughs> so, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like, when he said that, I was like, is that true? But apparently something like that did happen. And it was Apollo. I mean, because Delphi is connected. But yeah, Apollo comes down hard against slavery here. <laughs> mm. Well, I think he has to, being a former slave owner. I'm sure Rick is yes. like, for him to have any redeemable qualities. We can't talk about the assaults yeah. on women. Mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. can't talk about slavery. So he needs yep. to, yeah. Or else he's not redeemable. Yeah, exactly. And what is cool about the gods is, like, you know, they can be reimagined in a lot of different ways. And so, like, yeah, yeah like, Rick can, is, has made his own version of Apollo that's more likable and redeemable than yeah. a lot of other versions of him. 
So among the people in cages is a young girl with silver hair who um, Apollo immediately clocks as a hunter of Artemis. She has like just the look of one of them. Mm -hmm. And she tells them that the rest of the hunters should be on their way. She was just the nearest to Indianapolis and made the mistake of scouting out on her own and got caught. Also, her name is Hunter, which I think is incredible. Like she Mm -hmm. was just born to do this. Other notable prisoners included Dracane, like throwback to Kelly, except this one is friendly, and her name is Sarah, with five S's, hence the haiku. For buff man named Jamie, who Apollo describes in a very homoerotic kind of way, he says that he calls him tall, dark, and handsome at first before he learns his name. Hmm. They let all the prisoners out, and in the last cell, there's a young girl hunched over on a familiar bronze suitcase, which is Festus, who can't be older than seven. It's Georgina, and when she sees Apollo, she says, Apollo, and then giggles, and continues, you and the dark, some death, some death, some death. Amazing. So ominous. So creepy. I love a creepy little girl. Yeah. It's what they were meant to be. Yeah. Little no, girls but are like, meant to be creepy. Yes, they're meant to be into witchcraft, mm-hmm. and they are unstoppable. Into yes. horses and or witchcraft. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those or girls, both. little girls, or both, yeah. That's those scary. little girls a, are the most powerful, more powerful than any god that I know. Yes, agree. <laughs> yes. And, like, the creepier things they say, the better. Yes. So chapter 24 Silence can be fun. Squirt those toxic chemicals. Anywhere, really. Leo reunites pretty dramatically with Festus, which is funny because there's like a little girl there. He's also nice to Georgina, but I just thought it was funny that he's just like so upset about Festus being Mm -hmm. captured there. And Georgina continues saying ominous things. When she sees Meg, she starts screaming Nero's name and hides in fear. Hunter is able to calm Georgie down, but Apollo recalls that they still need to get to the throne to magically cure Georgie. Leo takes all the new prisoners, including Georgie, to go with him um, out through the sewer tunnel, and Meg and Apollo will go find the chair. Alarms start going off once they reach the hallway, and Meg and Apollo dash off in search of the chair. Meg is able to find the door the throne is behind. She says she can, like, sense it, because it's made of wood, I guess? Like, like the same way... I know, like the same way she could sense the um, grove of Dodona and the tree. But she Apollo thinks she's being kind of shifty about how she can sense it and is like, I don't know, we already, I don't want to push her. Like, we're, we just became friends again. Apollo is able to find some oil of vitriol, which is basically acid, in the Commodus Care Infirmary that happens to be right nearby. And they use it to open the door. It, like sizzles and burns the door open. Inside the door, they find themselves in a 20-foot square storage area holding only the throne, which is so extra. It's a this fairly... This is the throne storage closet. Yes, the commodus yeah. throne storage closet. Mm-hmm. It has to have his name in it. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. It's a fairly simple chair, which makes Apollo more nervous. He knows that many terrible and powerful items are often underwhelming in appearance, My first thought to that was, like, me. (laughs) 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 They use, like, they gather more medical supplies from um, the Commodus Care Infirmary and use, like, medical tape to attach the chair so, like, they can carry it. 
Um, but before they can leave, Meg senses something in another direction. She's just like a dog sniffing around, basically like something important's in there. And she jogs off towards it. And Apollo, of course, has to follow. Of course. Chapter 25. Birds are evil. They charge me with razor legs. I die and it hurts. They end up, unfortunately, right in the Emperor's arena, of course. When they emerge in the corridor, the spotlights blind them and a crowd erupts. It's like a pretty small crowd. He says it only takes up like they're in a they're they're on a football stadium with um, there are tons of beasts, including the combat ostriches. And he Mm -hmm. says the crowd doesn't take up all the seats or anything, but like they're really into it. They're like our mob. They are small but mighty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Except they'd be rooting for us instead. So it's okay, and it's actually okay. It's Mm -hmm. actually, like, a really positive thing, yeah. Yeah. In the center of the crowd is Commodus himself in his emperor's box. He's wearing white and purple robes and a golden laurel crown. He welcomes Apollo to his stadium, and Apollo, as inconspicuously as possible, leans down and presses the button on his iron manacle to alert Joe and Emmy as to where he is. He has a moment where he's like, God damn it, did this happen again? Has Meg led me into a trap again? But she looks really alarmed and she's still kind of like, no, there's something here. Like something is hiding here. Um, And she does not look like she knew where she was going. And Apollo just like, he really wants to trust her. Commodus announces that this is actually just the dress rehearsal. Um, But since Apollo has had come to his lair the day before his like naming ceremony, he's there earlier than expected. He had to rush things, but he's like, we will just torture you for today. And then tomorrow, um, if you don't die today, tomorrow we'll kill you. They mm-hmm. plan to bulldoze the way station tomorrow with a full audience. And this gives Commodus, he has like a golden opportunity for his evil villain monologue where he tells him yes. his entire plan. He's like, I'm going to lay it out for you. He's like, this is the dress rehearsal. I mean, he's telling everyone there the rundown for the day, but it's like, it's back to, it's, we got a good evil villain little monologue. It is the villain I think Apollo deserves. He deserves yes. to have a flashy villain. Yeah, and one that he also hooked up with in the past. Yes, That's even better. it's perfect. Lovers to, lovers to enemies, as we yeah, discussed. The but reverse. make it comedic and yes. just so fantastical. Yes, exactly. So Commodus says that for the show tomorrow, citizens of Indianapolis will be marched at gunpoint and forced to watch this all happening in the stadium. Then he's going to christen the new city, (laughs) Commodianapolis, and kill everyone at the way station. He says he'll like hang them up for people as like a warning of what happens if you don't follow his command. The spotlights then fix on him and he rips off his toga. (laughs) Revealing one piece racing suit of Nemean lion hide. He's really into lions. He's He's really into fur. He is a furries. Makes sense. Roman. Yeah. Roman, exactly. Mm -hmm. The sleeves are also all decorated with corporate sponsors, which I thought was funny. (laughs) Um, He says that he, like, he, like, in part of his little speech, he says he's like, I researched where I was well. And then, like, race cars come out because it's Indianapolis. So, like, the... Mm. What is it? The Indy? What is it called? The, yeah. The <laughs> racing event. <laughs> yeah. 
No, you're right. Happens there. And um, he also, so he starts playing country music too. Uh, the wall opens and three Formula One race cars come out. The chains all disconnect from the animal's collars and a huge sack starts to drop hundreds of basketballs onto the 50 yard line. That part Apollo's like, I don't really, that feels like overkill, but all right. <laughs> That's where it was overkill. Which also yeah. to makes sense. There's a bunch of basketballs landing on like, I'm guessing a grassy football field or a turf football field. They just kind of kind of bounce. There's not yeah. much point to them. It's just like, I think that Komodos, as Apollo thinks, Komodos just kind of was like, what do people here like? And then was like, all of it. Violence, race cars, Basketball. Basketball, I guess. It also like shows his clear, like, not understanding of sports. He's like, this is is what a sport is. You just drop basketballs from the sky. (laughs) I would watch that sport. I would too, with the birds and everything. Yeah, I would, I would watch it. It made me think reading this, I was like, you know, the ancient times, like gladiator fights and everything. Like, we still, we're all the, humans haven't changed much. We still go and watch sports and it's like, seems like an organized form of that, but it's still just like organized violence with some rules added in and like people try not to die. I mean, there's MMA fighting, there's WWE, it's literally gladiator sports. WWE, like, it's more theater than anything else, but we love it. We haven't changed. Humans are, they just like to all gather and watch violence and, like, cheer. And pay a lot of money for snacks. Yeah. $13 beverage, crappy beer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, humanity. So, Meg starts charging at ostriches and Apollo is like, all right, I guess we're charging the ostriches. But instead of fighting the bird, she grabs one's neck and rides it like straight at Commodus's emperor box, which is such a cool, like she's so cool and unhinged. She's so I chaotic. Love her. Yeah. Apollo is not able to mount an ostrich. He's like, this is, <laughs> I don't want to get bitten. This is too much. So instead he's like, what else can I ride? And sees a sad-looking elephant who's standing by to the side, not interested in attacking anyone, like, clearly not treated well. None of them are treated well. Um, he asks the elephant for permission to ride it, and the elephant sort of looks at him like, whatever, dude, and then climbs onto her back. But then, before much else can happen, Commodus cuts all the music and announces, Meg McCaffrey, we've got a special surprise for you. Straight from New York, someone you know. Can you save him before he bursts into flames? And then suspended from the rafters by a long chain is our very favorite little dude, Peaches. That's what she was smelling. She was sniffing him. She was him. smelling him. I When he said straight from New York, my brain is just like, it's Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Mine's was like, Percy? I was so confused when I was reading it. <laughs> that would have been like, fun. There's no way that they were going to make rant. I mean... Meg does, like, is half in love with Percy, but, like, to Same. choose him as bait feels ra- wrong. Yeah. Percy's never bait, he's the main character. Exactly. He wouldn't yeah. have gotten himself captured. Poor little peaches. Mm. Also, um, something that I realized while reading this, because we had such a big debate on it, is that the ostriches, their teeth are metal. Like, yes. he's added teeth he implanted to the ostriches. Them. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. awful. It's so mean. That's so sad because they're not meant to... Like, their mouths probably feel weird. They're not meant to yeah. have teeth. No. So looking at my notes, I have that I sort of love Commodus. Like, minus his fascism, you know. But he's 
Like the evil villain that Heroes of Olympus was missing. Exactly. Like he's so funny. And he just, it's the correct matchup. For Percy, Luke was the correct matchup because mm-hmm. they ha- he was like multifaceted, but he was also for some reason really hot to Percy. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, at the same time, he was like this older person that Percy really admired who turned evil and like really tests his loyalty. And in this one, it's someone who was hot and Apollo hooked up with and Apollo yeah. it was, like, matches Apollo's energy of just chaos, but in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so he he becomes a perfect villain for Apollo, and Apollo Apollo being able to be like this is not like this is not how I would have done it is <laughs> hilarious. Whereas Nero, he just gets nervous and uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and that ma- makes him scarier. But it also is kind of like eh, not as fun to read. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Commodus is it's comically villainous, and yeah. he's still like threatening because he clearly has this mob of people who are willing to follow him. Like he's still yeah. threatening. He's not, you know, Kronos level of threatening or Gaia level of threatening, but no, he's, he's also unhinged. Enough. Yes, enough that he's so violent. Mm-hmm. It kind of catches me when I was reading. It caught me off guard a lot. Yeah. The violence, right? And it's interesting that we're seeing such violence from from the triumvirate because these are the only like main villains that have been human. Mm. Yeah, that's true. It's the human part that's violent. Like obviously Kronos ate his father. Kronos <laughs> is violent. But yeah. um or ate but his they're, children. They're violent on a mass scale scale. Like Kronos yes. and Gaia was like wants to destroy Kronos was like destroy the West. Gaia was like, let's kill everybody. But in a mass wave discretion, like like in an earthquake. Commodus mm-hmm. is like gutting people, he's slitting yeah. throats, he's like killing people, like hanging them from the rafters. Like it's crazy violent individually. Yeah. But it's like for fun, it's not for any purpose, mm-hmm. which is scary and very human, scary. unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. But he is a much more compelling villain, I think, than than Gaia, at least to read. Oh, yeah. Well, because Gaia, to be fair, Heroes Olympus, Gaia is technically the villain, but she doesn't really surface except to no. just sometimes being the dirt and taunt Leo <laughs> specifically. Yeah. But the villains in that are the giants, and they're constantly just like have weird hairdos and really <laughs> get dumb. killed by Percy. That's yeah. So dumb. <laughs> I think like the, yeah, yeah. So, it's interesting. I think these villains are better than in Heroes of Olympus. They're more consistent, which is fun to read. And mm-hmm. I also thought Commodus is just, like, what he does, it's just, like, so painfully American. Like, the country music and the... the Over-excessiveness. The arena, the excessiveness. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's super interesting to make that the villain. And, yeah, those are my notes. Just so much chaos going on. It only gets more. (laughs) Yes. Well, I really loved my chapters because, especially the next chapter, it was just like, it was so funny. So we'll get into it. I have chapters 26 through 28. Chapter 26. I tip my hat to the excellent elephant. Let's be besties. K. Not the worst one. I'm not no, mad about not. it. The K's was not my favorite, but it's yeah. better than how it has. It's because he needed only one syllable. Yeah, so he cut it down. Yeah. So Apollo tries to fire at the chain with his arrow, holding peaches, but misses and instead just fully kills a blamier <laughs> in the stands. <laughs> the, amount, the amount of death that happens in this chapter alone yeah. is 
so alarming. And I, I mean, there's worry. Georgina was just like death, death in the last yeah. ditch. Well, it's also because Apollo is, like, if it was Percy, Percy would have, like, taken, I mean, sure, we know that Percy has murdered probably oh, quite yeah. a few people. Oh, yeah. But at this time, um, Percy would have taken each blow, like, very shockingly. Apollo mm-hmm. is a god, and we're seeing this narration through the eyes of a god. So he's like, yeah, death happens. I killed, I've murdered so many people. Except he the also guy. seemed to think Commodus was his first murder. Yeah. <laughs> So that's why he doesn't count these as murders. Like that yeah. man he just fully murdered. He's like, it was an accident. Oops. <laughs> Oops. So Commodus has snipers trained on Apollo and says everyone has to adhere to his rules or else Apollo and Peaches will die. Basically, he's fully targeting Meg and taunting her. Commodus has an F1 racing car with a match as an antenna. It's like a giant match hmm. just hanging off the side uh, brought to him. And so he's like, okay, so this is my plan. It's the most brilliant plan I've ever heard. I lost my mind. His plan is to complete one circuit of the track and then on his way back, light peaches on fire. And then he's going to run Megan Apollo over with his car. Honestly, incredible. No notes. He's just like, okay, you guys. So this is my plan. He also invites Meg. He's like, any attempt, anything you want to do is Okay. You can try to stop me. You can try to save your friend. Totally fine. This is my plan and my plan will succeed. And I was like, I love the confidence. (laughs) I love the plan. (laughs) I do too. I like that he has to, my favorite part is that he has to do a circuit of the track first. Yeah, at first. He's like, I'm going to do a lap. No, he calls it a victory lap. He's like, I'm going to do a lap. Um, So give them some time to kind of come to terms with the fact that he's going to then hit them in his car. He's like, and then I'm going to run you over. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Meg takes her ostrich while Commodus starts his lap over to underneath Peaches, who is covered in oil and sand, like his feet, like feet are, like have sandpaper attached to them too. And he, she tries to free him. Apollo decides to try and stop Commodus with his elephant, hoping the emperor will veer off course to avoid colliding with them. But Commodus is a tricky son of a bitch, and he decides to take them head on. He loves the adrenaline rush. He loves the the challenge. And um, so the two are charging at each other. Apollo notes that Commodus is not wearing a helmet, so he takes off the helmet that his elephant is wearing and has her throw it at the card. Komoda swerves, but the helmet hits the windshield and the car flips three times. It bowls over a herd of armored ostriches and gladiators, killing them all. Unfortunately, I know, it's so violent. Unfortunately, Commodus is a hard, is like super hard to kill. He crawls out of the wreckage with really only a sprained ankle. He just lifts up his car and kind of throws it aside. Komodus then uses this opportunity to reset. He's like, okay... That didn't go the way I wanted, so he has everyone clear off the field. He um, starts ordering people around, giving them notes on how he wants it actually done tomorrow. Meanwhile, Meg has climbed to the top of the goalpost and has cut Peaches free. Commodus calls it a fabulous dress rehearsal and is excited for the real show tomorrow. Lydiaris and some of his men return from whatever they were fighting out front. Lydiaris reports to Commodus that it was the Hunters of Artemis, and while they managed to drive the Hunters back to the main gate... The hunters had managed to kill 10 of their men, and the men had managed not to even harm a single hunter. Commodus is like, this is horrible news. Uh, I'm really annoyed, and decides that Apollo and Meg need to be locked away, and Lydiaris, the elephant, and Peaches will be killed. 
Wow. Before anything, I know, he's like, okay, let's just like clean this mess up. It's really frustrating that you couldn't do your job, even though you've been working for two full days. And so Lydiaeus is going to get his throat slit. He basically tells his his bodyguard, hold Lydiaeus down while I cut his throat. Yeah. Before anything can happen, though, the roof of the stadium explodes. Lots of exploding roofs going on. I know. Like the, two the times in a row. Twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Chapter 27. Destroy me a roof. Bring me wenches with winches. We're so out of here. The roof actually more caves in than explodes and Festus plummets down while centaurs stampede and trample a bunch more uh, gladiators and mercenaries. The Blemier clap thinking this is part (laughs) of the show and Festus turns to them and burns them all to ash. I shouldn't be laughing. It's so sad. (laughs) It's so so funny. The hunters of Artemis descend down silver ropes and leap into battle. Meg, who has managed to free Peaches, is told by Apollo from across the field to go with the hunters, who then take her and Peaches, shoot their ropes up to the roof, and take her to safety. Talia is there and shouts at her hunters, the rest of them, to save Apollo, and Commodus is not thrilled with this unscheduled spectacle. He commands Lydiaris to kill the hunters, but Lydiaris is like, hey, didn't you just say you wanted a slip? my throat because he he's like realizing maybe i should unionize my job isn't great yeah he's mm-hmm. like didn't you just threaten to fire me now you want me to work when the hunters fire at commodus he uses poor lydiaris as a shield whose thighs are then pummeled with arrows the arrows also manage to fly into the rest of the germani's faces which is very violent <laughs> and they all die Lydiaeus managed to jab his sword into Commodus's neck, which sadly doesn't kill him, but Commodus's troops, seeing him injured, decide to circle around him and carry him out of the stadium. Talia and Leo get to Apollo, and Talia says they need to get out of the stadium. The surviving troops are starting to regroup. Apollo refuses to leave his elephant behind, but he tells Leo to take the throne of Lydiar- throne and Lydiaeus back to the way station. Leo is hesitant about helping Lydiaris, but eventually accepts. He's like, well, this dude, we hate this dude. And Apollo's yeah. like, everyone re- de- 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 like, deserves redemption. Which is noble, oh, but yeah. Talia decides to join Apollo, and they decide to ride the elephant out of the main entrance. The elephant runs fast, and Talia shoots arrows from its back, so they make it out quite quickly. Talia feeds the exhausted elephant herself and Apollo moon water, which is something that is new to Apollo. He's never heard of it before, and it's a secret of Artemis. It gives them back their strength, and it feels like an energy drink for demigods. Artemis apparently talked to Talia in a dream and said that Zeus had forbade her from contacting or helping her brother. She was even told she wasn't allowed to give orders to the hunters to help him, so they're all pretending that the hunters just happened to be in the area. Apollo flirts lightly with Talia, if you remember back in uh, PJO. She thought he was very hot, and she takes the joke pretty well. She's like, well, you remember I was a pine tree for several years right (laughs) before that. So she's like, my taste and my judgment weren't working. Yeah. (laughs) Talia then urges Apollo to move quickly. They have to get back to the way station. I like that Apollo takes the time to flirt. <laughs> I, of course, any opportunity he will take the time to flirt. Pretty much. Yeah. Chapter 28. Belching stinky smoke. What gene pool did you come from? Wait, what? Insert scream. Interesting um, way to make a haiku for sure. Yes, it's innovative. The way, 
<laughs> the way station molds itself perfect to accommodate the elephant, including a very cozy stable for her to rest Aww. in. Which is, I love, I love my smart house. It's so right. good. Tali and Apollo make their way to the main living space and see everyone engaged in different things. The emaciated boys are eating, which is good, thank God. Yeah, Joe, and em- <laughs> Joe and Emmy are trying to care for their still distraught and clearly unwell Georgie. Calypso is recovered and helping with food, water, and medicine. The Dracaena, Dracaena, what did we decide? Yeah. 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 Is, raiding, is raiding the kitchen. Jamie, who is the really hot man, is unfortunately clothed now, which Apollo is <laughs> really upset about, and hanging out with the nested griffins on the ceiling. Leo is working on Festus, and the hunters are suspiciously eyeing Lydiaris, who is sitting in a recliner with his legs taped up and facing the wall. Meg comes up and is introduced to Talia, and everyone is together. Um, Talia mentions that she already has heard about Meg because it's her job and Artemis's job to keep their eye on promising young female warriors. And Apollo's immediately protective and possessive of Meg. He's like, this Aww. is mine. This one is my warrior. Yeah. He's like, she's my friend. And Meg's like, I'm actually your master. <laughs> if that's correct. Great. But Love it's it. very cute. And you can Apollo just really loves Meg more than it's I so think cute. he loves anybody else. He's very like protective of her i love it it's very cute meg and apollo end up talking about trust basically his decision to save lidiaris and then also welcome him into the way station has really confused meg apollo explains that they have to keep trying to trust um or life for them will become hard both of them have experience being really betrayed by family and friends over and over again but if they stop trusting they're not going to survive Joe and Emmy see Apollo and hastily tell him to come over so they can put Georgie on the chair. Apparently, she will not sit down until Apollo has returned. Now that he's here, Georgie allows herself to put into the chair and black smoke starts coming out of her mouth that smells like sulfur. Mm. This is very biblical of her. It's because she hasn't brushed her teeth in like weeks. That's true. (laughs) I'm sure all of them actually collectively stink so bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's rough out there. (laughs) <laughs> she speaks in Trophonius's voice, who calls out to Apollo, So, have you finally heard my prayers? You sent this little sister of mine to do your errands? You're no better than the emperor. Tomorrow morning, the cave will only be accessible at first light. Your prophecy will unfold, or the emperor's. Either way, there will be no hiding in your little haven. Come in person, bring the girl, your master. You both will enter my sacred cabin. <laughs> I'm a 12-year-old. Yes. Perhaps both of you will survive. Or will you suffer the same fate as my brother and I? I wonder, Father, to whom will you pray? The back smoke stops and Georgina topples over. Everyone in the room is glaring at Apollo since this was less of a prophecy and more of like a direct threat. He says that he hopes now that Georgina will be better, but he can't know for sure, which angers Joe and Emmy, who are already really fragile. They are also slowly putting together that Georgina being Trophonius' sister means that she's the child of Apollo, which is kind of unnerving when they're seeing Lester standing Yeah, they're like, this nerd? <laughs> you fathered someone? <laughs> and Apollo is like, I have no memory of hooking up with any Midwestern woman in the last eight years. So sorry. I'm, like, I'm sure you did, Apollo. Yeah. I'm sure you did. 
Um, Joe and Emmy think Apollo is scum for not looking for his daughter all these years. And they kept trying to find her family when the baby showed up at their doorstep. But they quickly just kind of decide that they are her parents. They're the one who raised her, clothed her, fed her and loved her for the last eight years. And Apollo can just kind of sit in the corner. Apollo completely agrees. He doesn't want any more children. He's like, (laughs) I'm tired of surprised children. That's fair. Yeah. Meg comes over and says they must go at first light. That's the only time the cavern can be entered. <laughs> We're going to have a hard morning. time when, <laughs> when they go into this cavern, aren't we? <laughs> Everyone is confused about the line that either Apollo's prophecy will come true or the emperor's. This is when Lyrius, like enters the chat and in the most dramatic way, he's like, well, yeah, because I put tracking devices in the Griffins. Now Commodus knows where the way station is and he'll be here the first thing tomorrow morning and wipe this place off the map. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. So, um, my notes. This is so much more violent and vividly murderous than the last two series. Yeah. Which... I appreciate, I appreciate it for what, like, what the way we talked about it. It's like, it's Apollo. Um, he's a god. He's seen a lot. He's done a lot. So it's kind of non-consequential to him. Mm-hmm. Also, I think Rick is understanding his readers might be a little bit older, but not yeah. so old that he's being like, yes, murder is good. It's just like, <laughs> it's something that's happening and it's very common in this kind of storyline whereas like with us as eight-year-olds and 12-year-olds reading Percy Jackson I think murder was (laughs) a little bit more scarring a little scarier yeah 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 I yeah or Commodus is just like much more murderous I feel like even from what we've seen of Nero like he wasn't that scary in the first book no but it's it's Apollo's fear of him exactly. that makes him kind of scary. So it tells us like he's he's scarier than he looks, I guess. But yeah, he's not as threatening. Whereas Commodus, like he's kind of an idiot, but he's so just like willing to kill people, and people are so willing to follow him and let him get away with that that it's scary. Yeah, it's interesting because you think of Nero. I kind of align him in the same scumminess as Gabe. Smelly Gabe, oh, okay. stepdad, because it's yeah. the same kind of violence, same kind of, but it's different because Komodo, not Komodo's Nero is a lot smarter and more manipulative. So in and that more way, powerful. more powerful. And so that way he becomes a lot scarier, whereas Smelly Gabe sucked, but he wasn't <laughs> ever scary to yeah. Percy at least. He just was a nuisance and he was like, just really annoyed by him in yeah. what way read about him. Yeah. Um, I am really enjoying this, this set of chapters I really did enjoy. I'm enjoying Apollo's moments of mortality. Like Mm -hmm. this is the set of chapters I felt I saw the most growth in character growth in Apollo. Like his choices to like get really attached to the elephant. His choice to like get really attached to the idea of trusting and saving Lydiaris even though he probably didn't deserve it because it's reflective of Apollo continuously thinking he doesn't deserve to be a god again and live mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But if he does, if he deserves a chance, then if Lydiaris gets a chance, maybe Apollo deserves a chance too, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it is, it's interesting how you said, like, how Meg is, like, oh, can we trust him? I feel like she's sort of also asking, like, if she could be trusted, you know? That's she's exactly what similar... my next note was. Oh, it's Except so... it was a little bit meaner. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this girl's coming up and being like, can we trust Lydiarius after she was, like, on Nero's side, like, three days ago? <laughs> You're bold of you. I know. But I feel like she might be, like, in it, because Meg's a very, like, she's not direct at all. Mm-hmm. And whenever she's, like, anxious about something, she won't, like, you can, I feel like Apollo can see it. Like, he always says she, like, gets all, like, tense and, like, a little ball of anxiousness. But she's super indirect. And I feel like this could be her kind of also asking, like, how can you trust me? And he gives such a nice little, like, speech on trusting and everything. Yeah. And his willingness to have that conversation with Meg, the most emotionally unavailable person in the world. Yeah. And see, like, the fact that she also is willing to have that conversation with him mm-hmm. and open up about him, about that to him, is also interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so my predictions, I think the hunters will defend the way station while Apollo and Meg go to the cavern. I also have this feeling that Georgina might not be from this time. Mm-hmm. So Trophonius being like, oh, my sister, I'm curious to know if... Apollo actually doesn't remember fathering her because she was born at a different time. And somehow I feel like she and Meg are not of this time. Mm-hmm. There's something about their background, their parentage and just their powers. Something is off. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. They're too special. <laughs> They're too special. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But I also would be kind of mad if Rick introduces time travel. <laughs> I don't know if I want that. I think that's already such a complicated world building. It's too and much power <laughs> for it's him. Too much. Because he already has the doors of death have been opened. So he's reintroducing all these characters, which is fine, but is a little bit frustrating. Like I liked mm-hmm. PJO where it was just like, well, I've just been alive. Monsters yeah. regenerate, you know? I've just been chilling here. Yeah, time I have a mattress store. Like, yeah, that I was a like, thriving business. It's like, oh, these monsters keep reappearing and they adapt to their environment versus mm-hmm. like this moment in Lost, uh, in the Heroes of Olympus, I returned and I only have memories from my previous life. Yeah. So I'm not a big fan of it. I feel like something, I don't know how I'm going to, how it's going to be explained. It's like a reincarnation. Which also is not Greek at all. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how, but it just—I just have a faint feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for some lightning bolt questions? Yes. All right. My question to you: Would you? Okay. So, Georgina gives a prophecy. Mm-hmm. You are in a situation where a prophecy is being given to you. Are you going to write it down like Calypso was doing? Are you going to voice record it or are you going to videotape it? How are you going to remember the prophecy? I think I would videotape it. Of writing it down, stupid idea. I guess demigods and like former gods don't really have phones yeah. at their disposal. So I don't know how they would voice record or video it. So I get like, you know, last resort. But I would videotape it because then I could like analyze their their face like what their expression looks like as they're saying different words I don't know maybe there's clues yeah I definitely I learned how to write really fast in college Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. because I'm trying to take stupid science notes while the professor just zooms. Mm. But even then, like, you know, I have to like rewind and like watch the Zoom recordings later and try to catch up on notes and stuff like that. I know for a fact the prophecy will be going on. I'll be like, okay, wait, 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 go back. How do you spell cavern? <laughs> How do you spell trophonius? <laughs> Is there a P or an F? You'd be like, where's the PowerPoint? <laughs> we need slides to go with this. I feel like voice recording it would be the easiest. Yeah. Because I feel like video, I'm going to like somehow fuck it up. Like I'm going to try to take a video. <laughs> it's going to start recording at the wrong time. Voice memo, it just feels, I don't know, safer. The video is on selfie mode. You get your reactions <laughs> to it. <laughs> POV, you get a prophecy. <laughs> POV, you're being given a prophecy. I'd be like, who, me? (laughs) That's good. Um, This question we got from Anne, and it's kind of more of a discussion, I feel like, Mm. but I want to know what you think of the portrayal of the Huntresses in Titan's Curse versus Dark Prophecy. And that is from Anne on Instagram. Well, I feel like at least because um, this is now being led by Talia, who's mm-hmm. 15, almost 16. It does, it feels a little bit more mature, whereas yeah. in Titan's Curse, and also it feels more organized. Titan's mm. Curse, it kind of felt, I know it was more organized, and even Artemis was there, but because they broke off, and we only really saw Bianca, who was a new recruit, and Zoe, mm-hmm. for most of it, it felt really unorganized and not as, in, like, elite status i feel like here it's much more elite status less of like a girls club and more mm-hmm. of like we are huntresses who are really cool and apollo really wants to be a part of it low-key yeah yeah i think i agree i think the the way they're portrayed in this is a lot cooler which i think i just feel like they're they're yeah less of like a girls club they feel more inclusive um they're not portrayed as like an enemy, which I feel like was partly Percy's point of view. He was just yeah. like, they won't let me join their club. I hate them. They might them. steal my girlfriend. <laughs> They're going to take her away. Yeah. Like he was just like mad at them. And I think too, it's like Rick's writing also like his has probably developed. Like he's gotten more inclusive. I feel like it's not as much like no boys allowed. They're much more just like a cool group of gals that shoot things with arrows and wear a lot of silver um i also think it's interesting that uh because i think because zoe was the leader last time and she was so anti-men and hero don't speak ill of the dead i mean she had good reason she's correct no she's right yeah (laughs) it's fair whereas talia is like the heroes are my friends if percy is like one of my best friends we're gonna get burgers later yeah so Mm -hmm. There's like that include and like Talia doesn't have this immediate like venomous hatred for men when she sees yeah. them because she doesn't care about men. They don't cross her mind. She's if she's not gay later, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> I know she's like like this is a bi queen. Like let's be fair. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. All right. So <laughs> my question is which of Commodus's many animals, some of which are you know, modified, like the ostriches, would you mm. rather ride? 100% like a lion. I have ridden elephants. Their spines hurt so bad. Oh, Unless, I, I mean, can I see that. Saddle. Yeah, but yeah. a lion would be fun. I, I would say an elephant because I would like to be able to like feel what it's like to crush a car 
Ooh, that's true. Because I think like, it's so, so good big. at a monster truck rally. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my elephant. I just yeah. feel like it would be nice to just be able to like crush things. <laughs> just want to be tall and powerful. Just want to be big and powerful. <laughs> and they're like. They they just are like so sensitive. Elephants. I know they're so, so nice. I want mm. I'd form an emotional bond with it too. It'll cry when you leave. Oh, I'd cry. never leave it. It would move into my yard. <laughs> it would be the entire yard. <laughs> would be the elephant. <laughs> You're like getting mad at Mike for wanting a drum set, but you have an elephant <laughs> in the backyard. Yeah. This is my friend. <laughs> I can't leave her. <laughs> Look at her eyes. She's going to cry. Oh, I'm glad we don't pick ostriches, though. I know. I, mean, I feel like it's not the move. It's, it's unique. It's not the move. I can't imagine riding an ostrich. Has anyone actually ridden an ostrich? They do in cartoons, and they do in, like, specifically Avatar. But, like, oh, yeah. can you Can you ride, ride an, ostrich? an ostrich? Is like, oh. a, okay, they're listening to us because it came up first. Oh, People do it. It's a form of entertainment for tourists. Is it ethical? This is on Earth life. Can you but safely can, ride an ostrich? You it can. It's safer all around to just avoid this activity. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, there's one. De- people debate the ethics of doing it, but ostrich riding, riding is a form of entertainment for tourists in a few countries. Yeah. It's popular well, in tourism South Africa. TourismTeacher.com says why you should never ride an ostrich. Oh, wow. Yeah. Does um, it hurt it says when an ostrich that- bites you? Oh, it's more deadly to be kicked. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, oh, okay, it's getting distracted. They are, it's a danger. It can be a danger to the bird because ostriches don't have a body that's supposed to carry humans. And so yeah. it hurts their leggies. Obviously. Look at them. They're not designed to be ridden. Neither are lions, to be fair. But yeah. I would take one for the team and I would ride a lion. Yeah, can I, can I think that's really noble of you. A lion. Like, like a horse. That's the first thing. It's like oh. Aslan. They're kind of small to be ridden. You just you think lions are small? Yeah, like I'm looking at pictures of uh, people riding lions, and it, they're not Aww. big. Like I don't think here the... there's a picture of a lion riding a horse. <laughs> that's different. That's odd. I see yeah. here grizzly bear, Siberian tiger, lions are all are large enough for a human to ride. However, they're all dangerous <laughs> and can maul people. Very one true. of the appeals. Yeah. Imagine riding a grizzly bear, a cocaine bear. Oh, that'd bear. be fun. And just play with its ears, though, like a cocaine Aww. bear. I would like my dra- my bear to be drug free. Thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> just play with their ears. Yeah. Oh. Always wanted to. Touch We're gonna get ourselves ears. killed. We're so easily. My mom, I went to New Orleans, and she was so nervous every time. I've gone to New Orleans a couple times now, and every time she's like. Oh god, I'm so afraid you're gonna like try to pet an alligator. And I'm like, why would I ever do that? But then you're like, I want to pet a bear's ears so badly. If I got the opportunity, I would do it. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. So if I lose both my arms. It's in a bear fight, like attack. If that's yeah, why. yeah. Anyway, An attempted hug. <laughs> Next time we are going to be reading the Dark Prophecy chapters twenty nine through thirty four. I think we only have a couple episodes left. Right? I know. Yeah. Three episodes? Three or something like that. Yeah. yeah. 
announcement. And if you are interested in supporting us, link to Patreons in the episode description, as well as a link to send an audio message. We love hearing your audio messages. I know we just got one that was like super sweet, like saying how much they love the podcast. And it's Aww. just like really nice to hear y'all. Um, How many books are there? Five. Five, okay. It's, yeah, they're all five, five, yeah. I'm trying to, to figure out if they're going to defeat Commodius in this book. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think that makes sense. They might get away from it. Anyway, mm-hmm. our social media, if you want to follow us, we're going to be posting some of those mob answers that yeah. you put in, as well as other lightning bolt questions. That's at Camp Half Pod, and email us at camphalfpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review wherever you're listening. <laughs> Bye-bye.